Whether you're having a not moving off the couch while you watch the game kind of day, or a no time between conference calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Wow, Simon, it's been a while since we've been on the air together, but I am excited to be back, and the first of our, our summer series has, has officially started, yeah, Simon. Yeah, I'd, I'd almost say it's been too long, but there's been some awesome things going on in your personal life it's that true. it hasn't been too long. So yeah, congratulations exactly. on Thank you being very married. Much. I appreciate it. It's, it's an exciting time. I've made it through two and a half weeks so far, so I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm, I'm doing... I'm Pushing through so far. Good, so. good. It's an exciting time, but I'm excited to to have that experience and to join your ranks as a married man now. <laughs> so I'm sure if my wife has anything to say about it, kids will be following soon. So we'll <laughs> we'll see. We'll see with that. But uh, we're excited to be back. Our second or third episode now here on Sports Radio America. Uh, so we're very excited to have that partnership and be able to do that now. Um, while we are here over the summer, uh, we will be on Sports Radio America on Fridays from three to six Eastern. You can catch our show live usually on Thursdays, more than likely, is what it'll probably be. <laughs> Thursday nights, probably, depending on scheduling with all that. But you can also hear us on TuneIn and Live 365. And then you can hear us on demand anytime on Spreaker.com and on iTunes. Simon, where can they find us on social media? As always, we are on Facebook at 2 Upfront and uh, on Twitter as well at 2 Upfront Soccer. Yes, indeed. Well, Simon, we uh, had your brother on last time for our hometown spotlight, and now we are going to one of your own. Uh, yes. Your, your daughter. Your daughter, Bethany, is here today, and she's going to be chatting with you a little bit about uh, soccer in America and her illustrious playing career. That's so right. I will turn my headset over to your daughter and let you guys take over. All right. So we have Bethany here. So we're looking at soccer through the perspective of an 8-year-old. Bethany, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> you look really cute today, by the way. <laughs> so, Bethany, how long have you been playing soccer for? Uh, four years. Four, and you're eight, so you've been playing since you were four years old, right? Yes. What What club do you play for? Um, Strike FC. Strike FC. They're out in the Kettle Moraine area out in Wisconsin, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's, we call it the hometown spotlight because we are based in Milwaukee or around Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so... Bethany Proven is our hometown spotlight today. So, Bethany, you like soccer? Yes. Yeah? Very much. Yeah, what do you like about it? Uh, that's a really hard question because I like a lot of things about <laughs> Oh, you do, huh? What's one, of your, what's one or two of your favorite things about it? Still a hard question. <laughs> Got a lot of things that you like about it, huh? Yes. Can you just start throwing some stuff out there? 
Um, it's very hard for um girls to play soccer because most boys don't think that girls can be as strong. But it's very um very easy for girls if you just step up and try to um show that you can be as strong as boys can be. Wow, we did not rehearse this, by the way. <laughs> That was a pretty cool statement to make, especially from an eight-year-old as well. <laughs> so, yeah, so you play on a team that has both boys and girls, and you play against boys and yes. girls. Sometimes you play against teams <laughs> that are very similar in the way that we play, right? Because I also I coach the team as well, yes. along with my cohort, Ryan Cooper, and <laughs> Megan Ward, my cohorts. Um, so sometimes we play teams that are very much the same as ours. Sometimes we play teams that aren't as good as we are, but then other times we play teams that are better than we are, right? Yes. So... Let's say you play a team that is a little bit better and maybe you lose the day. How does that make you feel? Um, I don't really care about winning, but when it comes to um, I just like to have fun. But I, I want to score some goals and I want to win. But when if we lose, it's not a big deal to me. But if it's like a humongous thing or something, I would like to win, but... Still, I don't really care. Don't really care, right? Right now, it's just all about having fun, right? Yes. Playing the game. Now, even at practice, though, we work on skills sometimes, right? Yes. What's some of your favorite moves that you like to make? Um, I like the new step over where you pretend you're going to kick the ball, but um, that's one of my favorite. And then using your body to protect the ball from you. Yeah. You especially like doing that against the boys, right? Yes. <laughs> We've talked about that. Yeah, what, sometimes when you're having a bad game, what's one of those things that will help you flip the switch and make you go, okay, I'm going to play good now? Um, well, when someone knocks me over, I get a little bit mad. So then <laughs> I I get a little over words, but it's kind of hard um, not having a rep there when you keep on getting stuff happen to you. But sometimes kids think it was a trip, but it really wasn't a trip. So Yeah, and, some, and you just got to play on, right? Yeah, we got to learn to keep our cool and everything like that. Awesome. So next year, you're going to be playing U9. U9. This year, you played in a U9 game, though, right? Yes. Yeah. How was that, playing a one year up for one game? That was fun. I just will have to get used to just playing with girls now for now. But it's good that I have some uncles, but one that put a soccer ball, um, punted it into my face on accident. <laughs> <laughs> But you scored a goal, right? Yeah. And how did you score that goal? Do you remember? Um, I played on, I cried some bit, but then um, I took a little break and I played on, and that's what you should do if you're in a real soccer game. Yeah, and you, but you took a shot and the goalie saved it, right? Yes. And what did you do? I followed the shot and I scored. Yeah, that's the, one of the things we like girl. to work on is following those shots, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. What is your favorite position to play? Um, a lot of people say I'm very good at defense, and that's starting to be my favorite one. I really like striker and defense. Defense, you protect the goal, mm -hmm. and but um, um, and defense, you can like have a little break, like you can kind of rest back there. Then right away when the ball comes to you, you have to go right up to them instead of going back into the goal. And striker, you um, um, most people think that you can go all around the um, the um, f 
field, but you really just have to stay in the middle. So then when that person passes you the ball, you have to be very, very, very fast to score that goal. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> That's very good. Is there anything else you want to tell people about soccer from the eyes of an eight-year-old? Um, I just want to point out that really um, you might think it's easy playing with the person that you are playing with. Like um, if you're going to go up to a U9, it's, it, you might think it's going to be really, really, really um, hard or maybe for you to step up, which I'm going to do that. But it's going to be kind of easy and kind of hard because I like my team and a lot of that um, comes from Cushing, but even the kids that aren't from Cushing. Um, and Cushing's very, the school you go to. Yes, okay. and um, that team that I will be splitting apart with, I'm just going to wish the boys luck for them, and I'm going to wish our team luck. Well, so. that's very sweet of you. Is there any things you want to ask Baxter? favorite player? Uh, I have one um, in the um, U8s. Um, I don't know a lot of players in, like, the World Cups and okay. stuff, but Monica, I'm just going to go with Daddy wants me to say... Um, I don't... Yeah, yes, you don't have yeah. to say anything. You, sometimes he tells me what to say for the favorite person. <laughs> I don't I don't recall these conversations. <laughs> well, you're wearing an Alex Morgan jersey, though, so yeah, I would assume, at least, that that might be a favorite player or someone you admire, at least. I really don't know this person. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do some more watching, right? right. No, thank you. Well, fantastic. Yeah, hey, uh, the, my other daughter here is, is well, Grace. Grace, why don't you hop on over? Bethany, great job. Give me a high five. High five. Okay. All right, so Grace, when we were talking about being on the show, we weren't talking about having you on, and then you said, you know, I could come on and talk about what it's like to be a non-soccer player in a soccer-playing family, right? And I thought, you know what? That's a cool perspective. We only charge you a little bit in rent since you don't play <laughs> soccer. <laughs> Just kidding. So what's it like to be, you know, you, you do your own stuff as well, right? You're very good at softball. Yeah. You love doing your swimming. You love doing horseback riding. So you, you have your stuff that you do, obviously plays at school as well. Yeah. But what's it like to be the non-soccer player in the soccer family? It's different because everybody's talking about the uh, woman's game last night at 7 and I was at my cousin's house, and he was just like, I'm going to miss the game. And I'm just like, the Brewers game isn't on till 6. <laughs> <laughs> and he was talking about the women's game, and I was just like, oops. But you, you come and watch Bethany's games once in a while, right? Yeah. Actually, a lot of whiles. <laughs> I, I just don't get what's going you on. You don't get what's going on, yeah. So I know the one thing you wanted to talk about, though, was what it's like to be around our house during, especially the Men's World Cups, right? <laughs> yes. So go ahead and describe what it's like to be in a crazy soccer household. Um, during the women's world, during the men's World Cup, I like to stay in my room because my dad gets a bit uh, crazy. That's very true. He um he yells at the TV <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And what happens when the U.S. scores? Uh, go! <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you have we, we still play in the backyard once in a while, and you like playing the game then, right? Kind of. Kind of? Kind of, yeah. I just don't like playing it competitively. Yeah. All right. So. All right, guys. Well, thanks for being on, Grace and Bethany. You guys were fantastic. Grace, this was a bit impromptu, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My goodness. Well, wow, what a special treat. See, this is why I need to hurry up and have kids so I can have them come on the show, Simon. <laughs> that was probably the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, so big thank you to your daughters, uh, Bethany and Grace, for coming on the show. Yeah, so thanks, guys. We're just working our way through your family. we got to get your wife on. we got to get <laughs> your other right. brothers on. Anybody else? Mom, dad, uncles, yeah. aunts. Might yeah, as well sure. keep it going. It's Keep it inside the family. I love it. <laughs> Well, fantastic. Well, any other final thoughts about that, Simon, before we jump into our 50-50? You know, the last thing, yeah, I'll, I'll just say that being a coach of a youth soccer team, I've coached Bethany for four years, so I've done, you know, a couple of years with Rec. Now we're in the academy teams. Next year will be another year in the academies. It's so important. There's there's times where we've come up against coaches that I'm just, i got to say I'm shaking my head at. There was mm. one coach who screaming at the kids this isn't what we worked on he literally th i thought i was watching bobby knight he took his clipboard oh. slammed it on the ground this is what u8s <laughs> u8s wow and you know that is for any youth coaches out there yeah that is not what the game is about at not eight years at all old. it no. really is most importantly about them having fun exactly there's nothing wrong with teaching them skills there's nothing wrong with even working on those mm -hmm. during a game uh, at this point, it really isn't about wins or losses. Frankly, I don't even think the coaches should be keeping score. That's very true. What, what you're keeping an eye on is the development of the kids. Mm -hmm. Are they are they having fun? Are they developing those skills within that boundaries of fun? It doesn't mean we just go out there and say play. Yeah, you know we're still going to coach them, but it is so important to keep the spirit of the game in the game. You know we're we're coming into this age where it's more and more about development, but we can't lose the fact that these kids, what they care about, is having fun. Exactly. Right now. And if you have a coach like that in the U8 level, that's throwing a clipboard, that's yelling, possibly saying other things that shouldn't be said at that age, you're going to deter the future of potential U.S. soccer players. You know, or even around the world, you don't know because right. if they say, "Well, I, I I enjoyed soccer as a kid, but I had that one coach that really kind of turned me off from soccer," and I've met many people over the years that are. They, I would play with them, and they're fantastic. I'm like, why don't you play for a team? I don't like the coaches I've had in the past because they, you know, they did this, they said that, you know, they treated me poorly. I'm like, well, okay, I guess I can see that because that's always a, a big issue for me too. Is if I can't get along with the coach, that's a hard, hard thing for me to want to go out and want to play, regardless of how much I love the game. Which, as you know, we both love the game right. a lot. But if I can't respect the coach or the coach can't do what's best for the players, it's really hard to want to step on that field and want to win for the right for the for the coach and for the team right and it doesn't mean you don't have discipline at these ages you exactly. know we're, 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 we make sure these kids are listening to us if they're not you know what go and do a lap yeah. do 10 push-ups exactly you know there's a certain line though right exactly there is a certain line and and the discipline comes into behavior not if the kids are not playing well yeah if they're not playing well at this age it's probably because they're tired exactly <laughs> it's not like, we've been running for 10 minutes or <laughs> right. 15 minutes i'd like to take a break for yeah. a minute please yeah so, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I most certainly have my moments where sure. I have to catch myself. And apparently, when you're watching the men's World Cup games, you're <laughs> yelling at the refs. But <laughs> as long as you don't rip up their book. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move into our 50/50 segment. Now, the way that our 50/50 segment works is that uh, Simon and I will take a topic that's hot in the soccer world right now, and we will uh, one of us will take one side, one of us will take the other. 
Uh, Simon, with the Women's World Cup in full swing right now, I feel like it's only fair that um, the question that will be posed for our segment today is, do you feel that this Women's World, this U.S. Women's World Cup team is going to win the World Cup? So um, would you like to start or would you like me to? Uh, you know what? You can go ahead and start. Okay. And then, uh, then, I'll, then I'll follow you. Sounds like a plan. So with 45 seconds on the clock, I shall go first. All right. Uh, ready? We are all set. Whistle blows right now. All right. Well, to be completely honest, you can't help but think that this Women's World Cup team is going to win because not only did they survive the group of death, they beat teams in their group that gave them the absolute test. Yes, Nigeria is ranked outside of the top 25 in the world. Yes, they 0-0 drew against Sweden, but the fact that they were able to go and beat a team like Australia as well, that was able to prove that the offense can come from multiple different places. Look at the back five, including Hope Solo back there. Ali Krieger, that defense is lights out amazing right now. The one goal that's been, scored, that's been scored against the United States so far was off of just a lucky shot that I don't even think any goalie in the world would have been able to stop. So this U.S. team, they've got the forwards, they've got the defense, they have all the right, play, all the right pieces to take it to the next round. And boom. Boom, 45 seconds. Nice. All right. All right, so 45 seconds for me then. On your mark, get set, and go. I, right now, of course, they can always come and surprise us, but, you know, you usually save the type of play that the U.S. is playing playing right now for the later stages of the tournament. And they've been playing a game right now that is way too cautious. Yes, they're arguably in the group of death, but you're looking at some of these other teams that are playing really well. Canada's playing well. Norway's playing well. Uh, of course, you got your Germanys. But um, they, they need more players to step up right now. You know, they got some strong players in the back. Uh, we, we've talked about uh, a couple of their really strong marking backs back there. But then we also have some other players that are playing really weak. What I'm concerned about is the lack of goals. Abby finally got one for herself, but this team needs to bust it open. I want to see the U.S. play like they used to. All right, time is up. Well, that's a good segue for us, too, as we go to our first break. Because uh, when we come back, we will have our... MLS and U.S. soccer fanatic uh, Sonia Kondratenko will call in and join us and chat about the Women's World Cup, and we'll get her thoughts about the Women's World Cup. And I've got a few other things I want to talk about about the women's team as well. I've, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up, so don't go anywhere. Uh, this is Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon, we get to bring in one of our good friends, Sonia Kondratenko, uh, to chat about the women's national team. Sonia, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you guys? Oh, not too bad. Uh, a little surprised by the result of the women's game last night. Yes, it was a win. Yes, they won the group of death. But 
the fact that they only scored one goal against a Nigeria team that was obviously outside of their element, uh, a little disappointed about that, at least for me. I, I don't know if you f- share that sentiment, Simon and Sonia. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the consensus um, that the U.S. definitely missed some chances uh, converting set pieces last night. Yeah. And that is where Nigeria struggles, uh, at least in this tournament. Well, we saw Sweden completely use that to their advantage. I mean, that's how they were able to score. Uh, I believe two out of their three goals were off of set pieces in that first half of that opening game for them. Uh, it just it begs a lot of questions about the U.S. national team. I'm not really concerned about the defense, Simon. Uh, we were talking about that in our last segment briefly, that Ali Krieger, Julie Johnston, Becky Sauerberg, and Megan Klingenberg have been arguably the best defense at the tournament so far, and Hope Solo... I don't really feel like there's any real question of whether or not she's the best goalie in the world right now because she's playing like it. She, yeah, she's playing lights out. And as you said, the, the defensive backs, man, they're I'm not concerned at all about the defense. No. Um, you know, and, and you know I'm a big fan of defense. We've talked about yes. this in yep. earlier shows. And a win is a win. But to me, I don't know if you agree with this, Sonia, but there's something different about a World Cup. It isn't, it isn't a 32-game uh, you know, season where you can hold on to that defense and sneak those goals. And there comes a point, especially in these knockout games, where you've got to start scoring those goals. Right, right, yeah. Um, the, the talent is there, but I think it's more about finding the rhythm. Yes, yep, I would agree with that. And there's one player that really just seems like she can't find her rhythm, and for me, that's Carly Lloyd. Um, I've watched all three of these games so far for the U.S., and even some of the games leading up, and I forget almost nine times out of ten that Carly Lloyd is on the field because she has not made herself that burning presence in that center midfield like we know her to be, where she's fired off goals from you know, 25, 30 yards plus. She's been a dynamic playmaker in the middle, spreading the ball around. But so far in this tournament, she's barely touched the ball each game. When she does have the ball, she's not very smart with her with her moves on it. But at the same time, you can't really sit her if you're Jill Ellis because she's one of the best midfielders in the world right now. Right, yeah. It's it's really confusing, I guess. Do you feel like Car- Carly Lloyd is not living up to expectation no, I, right no, now? I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Hmm. Now, the midfield as a whole, I feel like, for the United States, Simon, Megan Rapino is obviously playing some of the best soccer we've ever seen. Is it safe to say that she's the best player at the World Cup right now? Boy, uh, I, think it's, I think it's fair to say at least she's up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, she's one of the breakout stars. Not that she wasn't a star before this, but, but in the context of the Cup, yeah, she's, she's one of the breakout stars. But I, I want to go off of your point uh, about Carly Lloyd. You know, Lauren Holiday is playing midfielder with her. Uh, those two, and this goes back to your point, Sonia, just don't seem to have... Uh, a fluidness about them. They're 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 getting confused on who should go back and play defensively. You know who should cover back there. They get confused when they're moving up front. Who should be going out wide? Who should be staying in the middle? They just don't seem to be gelling at all. Yeah, and I think there's just been a lot of confusion. And even when they put out some of the other players, a lot of the like, and Sonia, you and I were talking about this earlier in the week with putting some of the forwards at right midfield. And is I'm a, I'm a little confused by that because when you have players like Tobin Heath on your roster, do you really need to throw Alex Morgan or Sydney LaRue or Kristen Press as a right midfielder? Right, yeah. and Oh, and Alex didn't get to start yesterday, and she played the first 65 minutes. I was a little surprised so, by that, So, but she looked she looked yeah. good. She did she look her good. First start in, her first start in two months also. Mm-hmm. And that was the first ever official World Cup game that she started. She, she's come on as a yeah. sub, which boggles my mind, but... I, I thinking back to 2011, she was just becoming relevant at that point. So I guess I right. kind of forget how young she actually is. 
So, uh, Sonia, now that the, the group stage for the U.S. is over, what are some of your takeaways as a whole about the team and then looking ahead uh, for the remainder of the tournament for them? Oh, man. Well, they, um, they finished top of the group. So they're looking to go into the round of 16, maybe have a, a slightly easier opponent, and the travel schedule is going to be a little easier. They avoided a game against Brazil mm-hmm. by finishing first. Trying so to avoid good. that they as might, long as they possible. They might not see a, a stronger team uh, until if we keep advancing until later into the tournament, which maybe we can use to our advantage. Well, uh, you but, know, FIFA <laughs> set that up on purpose. For a Brazil-USA <laughs> final, you're saying? Or no, they, they set it up on purpose that Canada and the U.S. would have the easiest, if they finish both first in their groups, that they would have the easiest run to the semifinals. Oh. That's, wow. that's no joke. But, of I course, mean, it's FIFA. FIFA so Thanks, FIFA. <laughs> that's a whole other topic with FIFA. Um, and I, we talked about this a little bit, too, earlier in the week, Sonia, about Canada. Uh, I was able to catch a majority of the Canada-Netherlands game, and I was not thrilled at all by how poor Canada played. Um, I just feel like they they won their group. They got five points, which is great and all. But if you're the host nation, if you are one of the top teams in the world and you are struggling against teams like China, the Netherlands, and New Zealand, not anything against those three teams, but realistically, when you think of a top contender in the world, you don't really think of the Netherlands or New Zealand. Um, now China's up there, but Canada as a whole... You've got Christine Sinclair. You've got all of these, you know, moving parts that are really dangerous. I, I'm a little concerned about if Canada has the firepower to get past even maybe the the, the first round of knockout play. Yeah, they're going to play Switzerland, I think, too. Hmm. Um, but that, and that's they've been Switzerland's been well. They've been playing well, but they lost to Cameroon, did they not? Yes. Yeah. Switzerland yeah. finished third in Group C with three points. Cameroon got six. Japan got nine. And if there's been one team that people haven't been talking about a lot, it is Japan. You know, it's you look at the Men's World Cup, and they're always talking about, oh, this was last time's winner, this was last time's winner. There's not, at least for everything that I've seen, Japan hasn't been getting a lot of press in terms of, well, hey, they're the defending world champions. They blew through their group. They had all three wins. They scored four goals. They only allowed one. Why isn't anybody really talking about Japan, Simon? Because it's a team from Asia, I think is as simple as that. People still don't believe. Yeah, I was that. gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Sonia. You can you can pick that up if you no, want. No, no. You can go. I just, that was my my first thought because I mean, so many of my friends or the circles that I'm involved in, at least on social media, very much European focused. If they're not concentrating on America, mm-hmm. so no, that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because uh, looking around at even some of the other Hispanic teams that are doing well, like Colombia, they're at the top of Group F right now, and they're ahead of teams like England, France, and Mexico. If this was the Men's World Cup, that would be an insane group right there just within itself. Mm-hmm. Mexico has have never won a game at the Women's World Cup, which is mind-boggling to me. Uh, it's it's not to me. It's not because they're so focused on the men's game in that country. Okay, you know. That, but I feel like the women's game, they realize that it's a little bit more open. I feel like they would put more effort into that. And I that or makes that's how sense. I would approach right, it. Right, right. That makes sense. But you know, even Mexico came close to beating the U.S. once, and that was, I mean, that was almost icing on the cake for them of, sure. of everything they've done. Um, but they have. They traditionally have never been a strong team, even in CONCACAF. Hmm. 
Fair enough. Well, Sonia, looking at teams like Germany, um, obviously their stats are a little diluted because of that 10-goal game that they had <laughs> against Ivory Coast. Um, they finished their group with seven points, 2-1-0, uh, didn't lose at all, only allowed one goal. Germany seems to be the biggest threat in terms of someone that's going to challenge the U.S. and maybe Brazil. Um do you think Germany is – I know their group was not as tough as I think a lot of people were hoping it would be, but that's what happens when you throw a new team like Thailand and even Ivory Coast as well. Norway and Germany kind of had their way with the group. Uh, Germany still a pretty clear favorite to get to at least the semifinals. If, if we had to pick a final four right now, would Germany be in that final four? I do think so, yeah. Okay. Who do you think would be in your final four right now if you had to choose? Oh, man. I can do three. I'm, okay. I'm, I was going to say U.S., Germany, Brazil. I'm, think, I'm trying to think about my fourth. I could go in a couple different directions. I could go for Japan. Um, oh, man. I haven't. That's not something I thought about super long yet. <laughs> I, I, keep, I, keep, I keep thinking that we still have like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. It's and really not, though. It's, it's, it's funny. It's going by quick. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Thinking about that, too, um, you have some connections across the pond in England, don't you, in terms of like, fans and friends? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. and, and not a lot, a but bit. at least a little bit. <laughs> I feel like England, their women's team, has relatively good talent and might be one of those teams that might sneak in a little bit farther than people think they might in the tournament, unless I'm wrong about no, that. That's, no, I mean, they would, lo- they would love that. I feel like uh, my English, my English friends are always – rooting for the national team mm-hmm. kind of always come out uh, disappointed <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're england fans wait what oh yeah totally oh, okay sure no, the joke is that we root for england because we hate ourselves or something like that, so. <laughs> wow fair enough i mean if seeing their their success in the last few world cups in terms of the men i can understand uh that's why i think a lot of people come out for the women's world cup because they're like we have a chance like for real though like well that's that's true but yeah i know Um, so real quickly before we let you go, Sonia, Australia and Sweden, um, will more than likely advance as well. Um, the final grouping is still trying to be figured out since there's still a few games to be played. Are you surprised at how group D finished out for the U S and everybody else in there? Or does it kind of end up the way you thought it would? Oh, well, um, I, at first I was kind of thinking that Sweden was going to push through, but after that first. Uh, USA Australia game. I think my vote was going for Australia. To yeah, advance. they seem to have a very talented squad this they year. Do. They do. Yeah. Hmm. Well, any that... any surprise teams for you, Sonia? Because I have mine, but I'd like to hear from you. Ooh man! Any surprise teams? Well, in let's see, I haven't been good, bad, or otherwise. Much. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! I mean, I'm kind of excited for China, Cameroon, the China Cameroon. Yes, that that was it. The Cameroon is is the team that I would pick as as a bit of a surprise team. And again, yeah. it's probably because they're from Africa. They don't get as much coverage as as the other American and European uh, teams. But for the fact that they finished second in a group, yeah. I mean, granted, Ecuador was kind of a a buy for everybody almost. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, Cameroon finishes second, and uh, you know they're playing China, so that that'll that'll be a decent game in the in the knockout stages. And the USA, whoever yeah. they play, will play the winner of that game. Right. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And then I do, as I'm looking at the bracket here, it's wonderful that the U.S. will have to go through Germany if they want to, if USA is lucky enough to win and Germany wins all of their games too, that they'll have to take each other on in the semifinals. Yeah, I mean, you look at this, you can, the final four could really be some spectacular games or yes. some incredibly boring games. Yes. We have a possibility of a USA-Germany matchup and then a possibility of Brazil's or Japan taking on Norway or Canada. Yeah. So that's that's a juicy, if all those teams make it through, that mm-hmm. is a... And it just goes to show how the women's game has grown, though. Yes. You no, know? I completely agree. And I think Norway is kind of that fifth or sixth team right now that's just, you're not exactly sure how good they are, but they've kind of stuck their nose out there and said, hey, we're actually a decent squad. Give us a little bit of credit. So I feel hey, like if hey. Aus- if Australia goes and beats Brazil in the first knockout round, I would be more than happy to push a few of my chips towards Australia and say, hey, you yeah. might be that, that dark horse team this year that surprises a lot of people. Well, I'll tell you what. Norway's been looking good. I mean, they, they drew 1-1 with Germany, mm-hmm. you know? which is not an easy thing no, to do. No, no. Um, so... I'm I'm keeping my eyes on them. I think Cameroon and Norway are really my and I'd hate to call Norway a surprise team. Um they traditionally have had a good women's program and I mean for the first couple of World Cups it was them and the US that were battling mm-hmm. it out. But uh but it's exciting to see them back in yeah, the form that they're in. Certainly. Well, Sonia, real fast before we let you go, uh switching soccer genres as it were, you were at the New York Red Bulls Atlanta Silverbacks US Open Cup game last night. Right, yeah. Um, I had one eye I had one eye on Women's World Cup. We had <laughs> uh we had a TV in the pre- well, like outside of the press box on the USA Nigeria game in the press workroom. We had Sweden Australia on and then we were also streaming other open cup games. Holy cow. The open cup yeah. It was insane. And then I got, you know, I got home while I got back to where I'm staying and I was streaming more Open Cup games. The <laughs> red card, the penalty kick down in California. It got crazy last night. No kidding. Well, you and I were chatting last night just real quickly um, about the lack of attendance at the Red Bulls game. Talk a little bit about that. Well, it's a night with so many different soccer events going on. And also the weather was not the best. It was raining. And so that might have kept a lot of people from coming out. Um, but I think a lot of the attention is on USA. There's so many viewing parties going on. Everybody wants to be outside or like in a restaurant drinking with their friends, hanging out. They're you know, showing it on big screens, streaming it everywhere. And I think that is kind of taking the focus right now. Fair enough. All right, Simon, any questions for Sonia before we let her go? No. No? You're good to go? Okay. He thought about it. He's like, ah, no. All right. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, so Sonia Konyotenko is the social media manager for Howler Magazine and a photographer for the, uh, where are you, Baltimore. That's right, Baltimore Bohemians. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. Baltimore <laughs> Bohemians. Uh, Sonia, where can everybody find you on social media? I am, I am at Sonia Karate on all social media, S-O-N-Y-A-K-A-R-A-T-E. So you can come follow me there. Fantastic. All right. Well, Sonia, thanks again for stopping by, and I'm sure we'll be chatting with you again in the future. Yeah, it'll be great. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you, too. Thanks, Sonia. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, speaking of the Open Cup, that's uh, I can't remember the last time that every MLS team that played against a lower division club won. So they went uh, eight for eight last night. And then, of course, you figure in the Seattle-Portland game, which uh, (coughs) Portland won. Yeah, well... They went eight for eight last night, but looking at this, though, Sporting Kansas City lost their game, and the Chicago Fire lost their game. No, can't, uh, no, Sporting and Fire both won. 
Well, then maybe this is the thing I'm looking at is not completely. Let me see what you're looking at here, Baxter. Come look at what I'm looking at. I don't know. Bring your headset over here. See, look, Sporting Kansas City lost, unless these are typos. I, or maybe that's what the score was. What was the final score for those games? Because maybe these were final. I'm on, were... You know what's funny? I'm on the exact same site looking at the results Oh, this uh, is page. awkward. And I just refreshed the page, too, and nothing changed. All right. Well, we'll come back and revisit the Open Cup. <clears throat> that's awkward. Anyway, well, we're going to look at the, <laughs> the Copa America real fast. Um, another tournament that is, I feel like if it wasn't Women's World Cup time right now, to, uh, right now people would be probably paying a little bit more attention to this because you've got a lot of the... I feel like a lot of the, the club European stars are playing right now. You've got Messi, you've got Arturo Vidal, you've got a lot of these big guys. Which, um, is, which is interesting because traditionally this tournament, while it is, it's interesting because while it is the big tournament for South America, it tends to be almost more of a mix of a senior slash U23 tournament. Yeah, and I've noticed that with some of the teams here. There's only 12 teams in the tournament. Uh, looking at the groups really fast, Chile is on top of Group A uh, with four points, with Bolivia, surprise, mm. surprise, Bolivia, in second place with four points as well. And then sitting in third place, you have Mexico and with two points and Ecuador with zero points. Now, the Chile-Mexico game was an absolute thriller. They went 3-3. Uh, some of the best soccer that the Mexican team has played in a long time. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of uh, coaches were saying. That's what a lot of inside analysts on Copa America were saying. Yet Mexico, though, in jeopardy of not even qualifying for the knockout round. Now, like you said, this is a mixture of senior team and U23, but Mexico's got most of their big guys on this team, Simon. I'm a little shocked, um, first of all, that Bolivia is even in second place, but if Mexico doesn't go through, is that going to kind of be just another slap in the face of the organization saying, look, you guys just aren't that good? You know, Mexico's been having a rough run of, of events recently, even with their youth teams. I mean, their their U20 their U20s at the World Cup took last place in their group, didn't Ugh. move on. Um, and meanwhile, you got the U.S. doing quite well, making it to the quarterfinals of that tournament. Uh, you got the U23s for the U.S. finishing third at the very prestigious Toulon tournament. But the Mexican teams have just not been playing well. I think their senior team, you know, you're down in Copa America. Uh, their coach is insistent that this is their team right now. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's exactly what it is, Baxter, is a slap in the face to them. Yeah, and um, just Mexico as a whole, obviously as a U.S. soccer fan, I'm trying to stay as unbiased as possible, but nothing makes me more happy than <laughs> the Mexican national team organizations just crashing and burning right now. So, But I'm trying to be unbiased at the moment because this is a, a general show. I'm not trying to choose too many sides. Sure, obviously, sure. It's, we're, we're U.S. fans, yeah. but I'm trying not to just make this a bash Mexico. That's a whole, we could do that a whole other show. Uh, looking at Group B, Argentina and Paraguay both have four points uh, in first and second place, respectively. Argentina getting a big win against Uruguay last night. Only mm-hmm. a 1-0 victory, though, in that game. Uh, Uruguay in third place with three points, so they could still go through depending on how the last game works out for them. And then Jamaica with zero points. But... That's, but, but they've actually been showing well. Jamaica? Jamaica has. They've, they've, I mean, they've lost both their games, only 1-0. And yes. one of those came off of an own goal. Oh. Um, so I, I was expecting Jamaica to go down there and, quite frankly, just get trashed. Yeah. But they've been holding their own. They, they had an opportunity to get a point there. Maybe three. I'm not saying that they're going down and, and, and controlling games, but they've been showing better than most people. Indeed. Now, Jamaica yeah. takes on Argentina in their last game. Uruguay-Paraguay. That's a fun thing to say. Uh, <laughs> Uruguay and Paraguay uh, will take each other on for more than likely that 
that second spot in the right. group. Because um, even if Argentina loses, which or even draws to Jamaica, they're still through no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a big... Now, no, no, I guess that wouldn't make sense. Just kidding. I was trying to think of something else, but that doesn't make sense. So never well, mind. You were doing that thinking thing I was. Again. That's, that's, I'm not, they don't pay me to think, Simon. Gosh. Um, and then looking at Group C, uh, they've all only played one game in theirs, but their um, second round of competition will be happening um, tomorrow. Oh, tonight. Uh, Brazil, Colombia will take on each other this evening. And then tomorrow will be Peru and Venezuela, Uh, Brazil and Venezuela, both with three points uh, atop of the group, Peru and and Colombia behind. I think that's a surprise there that Venezuela actually beat Colombia 1-0. Now, I I haven't looked. Is James Rodriguez uh, on Colombia? I haven't looked either. I'm going to have to I admit, I've been watching so much Women's World Cup. Oh, I agree. uh, I'm going to see if I can find it while we... All right. Let's see here. Midfielders. They have, yeah, James Rodriguez, Valencia, uh, Cuadrado is there. Uh, Falcao is there. Wow, Martinez is there. Zapata, Frank. Yeah, they've got most of their good, their their big names are there. Huh. Well, that's a bit surprising. Yeah, it's only been one game, right? It's only been as it was one zero loss to Colombia, but now they play Brazil and they play Peru, and Peru gave Brazil a run for their money. They did, and I was a bit surprised by that. And there was, I don't know if you saw the highlight circulating around the internet right now of Neymar, um, basically embarrassing several Peru defenders. <laughs> within about seven seconds, and right. then the Peru defender is just like, enough, and just kind of grabs right. him and throws him to the ground. <laughs> I'm like, you know you've been beat when, like, right. oh, my goodness. Like, I was I was laughing, but that's such a Neymar thing to do. He's like, you want the ball? Oh, it's over here. Oh, no, it's back over here. Oh. And the guy's like, enough, get down. I'm so tired of this. Um, but anyway, Copa America, though, uh, hopefully it'll get a little bit more uh, press as the knockout stage uh, comes around, but yeah. that'll be in the next week or so. Well, part of it's tough is that you know, South America is such a small confederation. You know, yes. They only have their 10 teams in that. They've got a good 10 teams. They though. do. They do. But I think part of it is, you know, then they have their two teams that they invite every year. And yes. And Mexico tends to be one of those teams, and then it's some other CONCACAF team or yes. Asian team. Um, but I think that's part of it is it's just, it, just by the size of it, it's smaller. Yes. So people just don't pay as much attention to it. Yep, exactly. Speaking of not being paid attention to, Simon, the FIFA U20 World Cups uh, in New Zealand is going on right now. Uh, the finals will be played in just three short days. It'll be Brazil versus Serbia, I oh, believe. Yes. Yeah, Serbia. Uh, uh, Brazil, actually, Serbia. I, watch, I watched some of the Brazil-Senegal game last yeah. night. Yeah, and I was surprised to half. see that Senegal was <laughs> in the semifinal. So that's got to be... It's interesting to see some of these teams because as I'm looking at the groups, you look at some of these teams and you're like, wow, these youth programs are, must be doing well. And then you look at some of the senior teams and you're like, well, eh, <laughs> they're, they're it's, still struggling. It's, yeah, it's interesting. It's, you know, Tab Ramos, after uh, the U.S.'s loss to Serbia in a shootout in the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. which, oh, that was heartbreaking because they were actually up in the shootout. The U.S. was actually up in the shootout. Oh. Then they had two misses in a row. Well, one saved by their keeper and then a miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they end up losing in the quarterfinals. Otherwise, hey, we may have seen uh, the U.S. in the final. Um, How special but, would that would have been? But but even Tab Ramos says it's still at this age. Yes, you want – obviously, you still want to win yes. the U-20 World Cup. But it still is about the development of the players, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, hey, I don't think anybody's going to sneeze, sneeze their nose at winning a U-20 World Cup. No. no, I mean a, a World Cup is a World Cup. The fact that it has FIFA World Cup attached to you, whatever it is, right? You know, right? Whether it's the senior teams or it's the U twenties, it's still 
an incredible opportunity for the players to represent your country on a lower scale, even still. Mm-hmm. But the U.S. definitely showing you know their best that they could. Yes, they did get, I think, aside from losing in the knockout rounds, they did lose 3-0 to Ukraine. So I think that was a bit disheartening. And that was them. a bit of a surprise because they, they were playing some really good soccer. And, and I, will, I will say this much. I've been really concerned, and I think a lot of the U.S. fans would say this, I've been really concerned with our youth teams. Mm-hmm. Especially the U.S. Yeah. And I, but I think this World Cup has shown that there is hope. I've been wondering where that next goalkeeper come fr- comes, mm-hmm. comes from. I have not been a big believer in Bill Hamid. I've not been a big believer in Sean Johnson. No. But Zach Steffen, he played lights-out football as a goalkeeper in this. Yeah, you had that 3-0 loss to Ukraine, but... That game against Serbia, he was a mini Tim Howard. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of hope. Zelalim from Arsenal, has Gideon. he has lived up to his reputation mm-hmm. in this tournament. He didn't pull a Freddie Adu. Uh, <laughs> Heinemann, who plays, uh, well, he was with uh, Derby County. I'm not sure if he's still there. Uh, but, man, he's he's the captain of the team, and yep. he showed well. He did. He scored really twice well. during the tournament. Uh, and then you had Ruben as well, go yeah. with two goals yeah. as well. Yeah, Rubio Ruben. He, so, so these players, it's been the opposite of what usually tends to happen is these players get hyped up, they go to these tournaments, and just fall apart. Mm-hmm. But this, this was a great showing by a young U.S. team that I'm really hoping we see some fruition come to the senior team from these guys. Um, I would agree. You know, the, the, it's always the scary thing of you get these youth programs that do great, but it doesn't translate. I mean, mm-hmm. Mexico is a great example. Yes. You know, they win the U-17 World Cup. They win gold at the Olympics. And now their senior team is just not doing well. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. And just as a side note for U.S. fans, I think it's funny. There's another guy in the system now with the last name Donovan. Oh, so, is that right? I yeah, didn't know. <laughs> Connor Donovan. He oh, is, right, yes. Yeah. Um, six, he is number 16 for the team. He's 19 years old. He's a defender for Orlando City. Um, so it would be funny to see another so, Donovan on the Well, on the US as, team. as long as Klisman's coaching, we know he won't get yeah, called exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we might have to <laughs> sorry, wait, like, we might sorry, have to wait like another like three or four years. Um, but another interesting thing um, for the Galaxy, uh, Bradford Jamison fourth. he's been having some good success in the league, and then he goes to the U-20s and he scores a goal. Yeah, but so he got injured. He did. He's only 18, thankfully, so he's got a lot of time ahead of him. But that injury, I'm sure, will cause some concern for the Galaxy in terms of their forwards because they've got Robbie Keane, they've got Jassy Zardes, who's mm-hmm. now becoming a focal point of the men's national team, the senior one for the U.S. It's, it's almost like the Galaxy are kind of becoming that their own forward factory for the U.S. and just for MLS as a whole. Right, and, you know, they, they have been doing well through the stretch of this MLS season. And this is always the toughest part of the season where you've got all these different players being called up for all these different tournaments. Um, but we may see a day where they become their own worst enemy, the yes. Galaxy, with the way they do develop forwards. There, there may come a point where they're relying on their fourth and fifth stringers, you know, pulling guys up from LA yeah. Galaxy Dose. Exactly, to, uh, which they've had some in. good success with. That, so that's the <laughs> yeah. thing. That's, that's the weird thing with the Galaxy is that no matter where they really seem to go, they kind of always uh, – have a forward or two around. So any final thoughts about the U-20 World Cup before we go to break? Well, I think uh, I think we're seeing perhaps the second coming of Brazil, as much as I was talking about. We don't always see the scary thought. translates to the senior team. You know, Brazil just destroyed Senegal. I watch, I'll admit I didn't watch the second half because I didn't need to. I watched mm-hmm. the first half last night. Senegal, they had a few chances on goal, but Brazil, just every counterattack ability that they had, they went after it. 
they were slicing and dicing that team. Yes. Um, and if this is if this is a Brazil team of the future, watch out, world. Absolutely. Yeah, it, this never really seems to be a bad moment for uh, for Brazil. And if they continue to keep growing like this, it's going to be scary for the future. And plenty of singular names again. So. Oh, wow. Makes it easy for the announcers. That's I'm right. just saying, you know, it's like Joe and Pato. It's like, oh, perfect. I still I love loved it when Fred first yeah. came on the scene. I was like, Fred? Who's Fred? I don't know. Well, we're going to take another break when we come back. Uh, we're going to be looking back at the week that was in MLS and also some crazy chaos in the U.S. Open Cup as well. Uh, get your red cards out, folks, but they might get torn in half by Clint Dempsey. We'll talk about that and so much more when we come back. This is Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon, we've had a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We were chatting about the Women's World Cup with social media manager of Howler Magazine, Sonia Kondratenko, in our last segment. We chatted a little bit about the Copa America and then the future of men's soccer with the World Cup of the U-20s. Uh, wrapping up shortly as Germany will take on Serbia. In the, I'm sorry, Brazil will take on Serbia. I don't know. I'm thinking <laughs> of superpower teams, and I just mix them together. Um, so now looking uh, domestically, talking about Major League Soccer. For those Major League Soccer people listening, you're probably like, finally, it's about time you talk about something. But no, uh, not a lot happening in Major League Soccer uh, this last weekend. No, thankfully the league is finally starting to work out when's the best time to try to take some breaks here. Exactly. And it, and it makes sense. Again, we were talking about LA Galaxy losing so many players. It's not fair to them to be playing games when half of their starting lineup is out. And that, exactly. goes, that goes for any other team like yeah. that. Yeah, nope, absolutely agree. Well, looking, um, I want us to go back all the way to last Wednesday last when Wednesday. the United States men's national team defeated Germany. 2-1 to one in Germany, Bobby Wood scoring his second game-winning goal in a row. Uh, if people didn't know who Bobby Wood was before this, they certainly are going to know his name now. So much so that he is guaranteed to play in the Bundesliga. Uh, Stuttgart hmm. bought his contract out. Interesting. Uh, because the team he was with had just stayed in... I don't know how to say two in German, but the second Bundesliga. Okay, Bundesliga... <laughs> Undu? No, that's Some, French. That's French uh, yeah. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, Bobby Wood, because of those two goals, Stuttgart signed him. They're like, so. hmm, you can score. Yeah. All right. Yep. And that's interesting because Bobby Wood has been that 
that player where you're not exactly sure how good he is because he's had injuries. He's had an interesting story. Number of injuries. The, right. um, USsoccer.com was running a special on Bobby Wood. Uh, they had some articles and different feature things about him. And being able to see what he's come through and what he's had to go through to get to this point was remarkable. So, yeah, he, had, he has not played much soccer, really, no. over the last two years. He's been that name. as a, If you're a really heavy follower of the team, you're like, oh, Bobby Wood, okay. I, I know the name. I know he's a forward. I know he doesn't play much. I know he doesn't really score much, but I know of Bobby Wood. Right. Then you see him score in back-to-back games. And for, for me, Bobby Wood's performance and Jassy Zardes' performance the last few games have been remarkable. Honestly, because they are proving that the U.S. does have options outside of Josie Altidore and Clint Dempsey. And I would also say, I think Mix Discarude, he's, been having, he's had a lot of dissenters these last uh, few weeks because he of has. his play with New York City. But I also think he proved a few doubters wrong as well, the way yes. he played in these games. Um, Michael Bradley really adapted well. Um, you know, he's, he's really playing more of the team's primary creator on mm-hmm. the ball and uh, I thought he did quite well with I, I agree as well. and I think it's interesting that he is one of the more experienced players on the roster for these last two games but I think it's good because it's giving not only the younger players an opportunity to play with one of the better midfielders in the world I won't say he's the best because he's not but he's mm-hmm. he's I'd say probably top 10 top 15 in terms of center mid attacking sure midders. sure um, but it's giving Bradley a chance to also work and make himself a better player by having to work with the players around him in terms of the younger, less experienced guys. And I think in turn that makes everybody around better because his his skills are wearing off on the younger players and the younger players are getting to learn from a true veteran, a two-time World Cup veteran. And I'll tell you what, uh, that, that was exemplified, exemplified no better than their game-tying goal against Germany. They had... 30 consecutive passes mm-hmm. before they they scored that goal. Which and a, lot, a of that, lot of that went through Bradley. Bradley and Disc. Yep. You know, that's our mix, rather. <laughs> mixed Disc. <laughs> mixed Disc. Hey, it worked either way. <laughs> mixed um, tape, mis- Mixed Disc. I but it, it goes back to what you're saying. You know, you have these, these younger guys. And for these younger guys to come in and beat these teams, the Netherlands and Germany. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, you can sit there and say that Germany didn't have its full squad. Listen, they had 13 players on that squad that won the World Cup. They had plenty of talent on that team, right. honestly. Yeah, so, sure, Manuel Neuer wasn't in goal, but they still had a lot of talent on that team. And it's still Germany. Exactly. You know? um, I would take Germany. I would almost put money on Germany's U-20s and against the U.S. national team just sure. because it's Germany. It's Germany. And they, they have perfected the youth academies they have perfected how to make things transition from one level to the next mm-hmm. um yeah this is an exciting time for these young players to go to the netherlands to go to germany and get these wins i mean talk about really helping you believe that you can do this i'm excited to see what happens in 2018 no matter where the world cup ends up being played by yeah way. which <laughs> has yet to be determined whether or not maybe it'll maybe should do it in the u.s why not the u.s and england i feel like they have the most soccer specific stadium i'd still like to see australia get in there that would I mean, be cool they, actually you know, they, i think that would travel help wise that would suck but that would be cool right right you know so we couldn't go to that Australia. we couldn't go to the world cup right so i'm hoping it should be in the u.s but um yeah, so the weekend review, obviously the U.S. wins 2-1. Um, but then there were only five MLS games that took place. Um, on Saturday, June 13th, there were four games. Uh, I'm sorry, June, yeah, June 13th. Uh, New York City FC uh, getting a 3-1 victory over Montreal. Uh, second win in a row. Second win in a row. David Villa and company are looking to be very dangerous, Simon. Yeah, I wonder if Jason Kreiss has finally figured it out because he, he admitted that 
he he forgot how tough MLS is. He forgot how tough it is to start with a new team. Yep. And and here you are, no New York, New York City. Granted, it is Montreal. They've they they're the team we thought they were so far. They yeah, not been in all honesty. Well. Uh, but still, for a team that was struggling to find a win after what eleven, twelve games yeah. to put two back to back, that's huge. That is huge. And David Villa was he Player of the Week two times he was. in a row? Um, last he was this week, and then I think he was earlier in the okay. season. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, I know it's big. New York City obviously still sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, but they do have fourteen points, um, and a win would catapult them. Up until about into about fifth place, fifth or sixth place, if they were to win this coming mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm. Uh, also looking at it, uh, the New England Revolution getting a 2-0 victory against the Chicago Fire, a much-needed win for the Revolution. They have been struggling severely the last few weeks, um, and it was nice to see Charlie Davies and Diego Fagundes, especially with his cannon of a volley in the top of the box. But just Fagundes has not had a lot of success scoring recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So having him get on the score sheet was crucial, I think, for his confidence and then for the revolution to get back on track. And again, it's no surprise that their play started to go down after Jones got re-injured. Yeah, that makes total sense. You see when Jones is on the field, you see the impact he has for mm-hmm. the team. And then as soon as he's off the field, people are like, oh, wait, how do we play soccer again? Like right. that's It's very true. It's sad, but it's true. And that's why I'm hoping that people like Lee Wynn can realize that they need to be a leader on this team and set the example and set the standard high. Well, and this is an opportunity to step up and do just that. You know, Lee Wynn wants more money. Mm -hmm. This is where you show that you deserve more money. Exactly. And we have not seen the same MVP caliber performance this season yet that we saw from him last year. Correct. Um, Looking at the other games, Seattle goes 3-0 against FC Dallas. Now, if this was earlier in the season, I think we'd be a little bit more shocked by it. But because FC Dallas has been so wishy-washy recently yeah their last well their last win came may 9th yeah you know where that was june 13th with the scores that we're looking at yeah yeah it's it's getting rough there for dallas i agree and it was a good boost of confidence for seattle as they're now sitting on top of the western conference standings uh and then you had columbus and the galaxy tie 1-1 uh kind of we still don't really know about this galaxy team no we don't but i will tell you this was uh this was a big game for the crew they were down 1-0 came back and tied it. Uh, this is, Greg Berhalter had said, this is one of the few times where you're happy with a point yeah. at home. And and actually, Bruce Arena, you know, one of the one of the guys that tends to not hold back anything, he was actually very cordial as well with this, saying mm-hmm. that his team probably deserved just that point as well. Yeah, and you can look at it from a lot of different angles in terms of the crew's development as they now sit in sixth place in the Eastern Conference standings, and so do the Galaxy over in the West. So... Uh, confidence booster for the crew and maybe a little demoralizing for the Galaxy. I, I'm really curious to know once Steven Gerrard shows up, once they kind of get the whole gang back together mm-hmm. consistently for a good period of time, how good Gal- the LA Galaxy actually are. And it goes back again to what I was saying as far as this point of the season is, a, is always a tough point for MLS teams. This is this is where the lack of depth really starts to shine yes. in this league. Um, hopefully... That salary cap gets bumped up after the next collective bargaining agreement, and we, we don't have hope. to be so concerned about that depth. But the Galaxy, we always see in September and October, that's when they really put things together, or even as early as August. Yes, and that's why I feel like once they get Steven Gerrard, once they get all of their players, enough with all these tournaments, enough with all this outside distraction, international friendlies, put the Galaxy players together for a month and just watch them go. Mm-hmm. Because if you look, I mean, I know games aren't won on paper, but if you look at the Galaxy roster, when healthy, 
they're scary. They're very, very scary. So I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see how good the Galaxy are, in all honesty, when it comes, like you said, August, sure. you know, September time. Um, and then the last game that happened June 14th, uh, Orlando, surprising everybody, maybe, kind of. It was a penalty kick goal. And it was a bit of a controversy so take from it, what I understand. Take it for what it is, but right. Kaká scoring the goal, as he does so valiantly for Orlando City, giving them the 1-0 victory over D.C. United. D.C. United still in first place in the Eastern Conference. Because, not for long, I will tell you that. Not because of New England Revolution's top play, let me tell you that. They are sitting in second place, but barely. Um, but you look at Toronto. They've only yeah. played 12 games. They're on 19 points. So they, they have five games in hand. Yeah. They've um, got a lot of ground to make up, but they've got the right start to do it. That's right. That's so right. And, that and well you know, you had, you had predicted a lot earlier in our – in our uh, first show is yes. that Toronto's going to sneak into the playoffs. I think we're going to actually see them not sneak into the playoffs. They're going to be a raging bowl yeah. when, they get to the, when it comes to playoff time. I agree. I think. Remember I said that Orlando and Toronto would make the playoffs, and I don't think NYCFC will make it. But That's right. We'll see. I'm curious. A lot, I'm really curious to know how Frank Lampard does. I'm really curious if all these random rumors of Andrea Pirlo coming to NYCFC actually happen. Which he's rebuffed, but you yeah. know, the players and clubs do that all the exactly. time. And next thing you exactly. know, they're playing. And, you know, Drogba's <laughs> been scheduled to come to the Red Bulls for the last five years, right. for God's sakes. <laughs> right. Like, until he's on the field, I, I won't say a word about it. Right. But if just think about that for a second. If Lampard, Pirlo, Villa, and Mix Discrude, all four of those guys on the same field at the same time for the same team, that could cause a lot of dynamic play for NYCFC. Of course, of course. And I just I want to go back to this Orlando game for a bit. You know, one thing that was good for Orlando, and this is the last time these teams played down at the uh, Citrus Bowl, is DC had that 91st-minute winner, if you remember. Yeah, so this dagger this in a, the heart in like the 90, was it, I think 93rd minute or something I, like right, that. Right, right. And it was a beautiful goal, so this goal obviously wasn't as beautiful. But this was a bit of a revenge for yes. Orlando. And Hamid saved the first shot. But Kaká got the rebound That's and right. it in. That's right. So I, I feel like when goals like that are scored, I'm just kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's your taught to do is follow it up and, yep. and score, but you but have I'll, to commend Hamid for the save. But I'll tell you what, Orlando now is on a five-game unbeaten streak, mm-hmm. and three of those have been wins. So for an expansion team to be doing this, yeah. this part in the season, that's pretty impressive. Exactly. And. I'm a you know I'm a big tra- I'm a big rumors fan. I love big transfer rumors. Of there are vague rumors that Lucas Podolski and right. vague rumors that Luis Fabiano might be coming over. Vague, very vague rumors. I I'm gonna say right now I completely doubt the Podolski. You don't Especially, think so? He came out this week just talking about how he needs more playing time at his club, mm. um, and he wants to stick it out. Sure. So where is he at again? He's not at Arsenal anymore. He is, isn't he? Is he at Arsenal? I thought it was Arsenal. I'm pretty sure I he is. I thought he had left, but maybe. That, that, is, that sounds right, but I wasn't sure. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what kind of materializes from that. Um, so now looking ahead to the domestic tournament that involves many a league uh, within the United States, uh, the U.S. Open Cup, or the Lamar Hunt uh, U.S. Open Cup. Um, some scores from last night, Simon, and uh, yeah, we, we've what, clarified. What you, what you we've clarified. Yeah, that all I, I eight MLS why. teams that were playing lower division clubs did win. Yeah, and I, as I said, I believe that's a first. I don't remember that happening since MLS. Has there was the usually tournament. that one team, and there were a few opportunities for that to happen last yeah, night. Yeah, a few PKs, a few games that went to PKs. Oh, I just lost my, oh, my no. page here. Well, Philly and Rochester 
went to PKs last night. They were 0-0 after extra time and everything. And then the Philadelphia Union, surprise, surprise, actually won a game. Yeah. Well, they, they've been they've been they playing have. better than uh, yeah. than they had yeah, been at the beginning of the season. But I know. I'm trying to grip my teeth. But, uh, but the Chicago Fire game, they, they go into extra time. They happen to win off of a bit of a fluke goal uh, against Louisville City. Everything that I saw and read was that Louisville actually – had that game. Yeah. Um, very small crowd again at Toyota Park. That's that's the one aggravating thing to me with this. I know in the FA Cup when these smaller teams play, yeah. you're going to have your, your smaller attendance. Yes. Um, but I feel like when the Premier League teams are playing at home, they still get good crowds. Yeah. This is such a historical tournament. A CONCACAF Champions League spot is always on the line. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see more fans get behind this, and it frustrates me to no end. That teams don't. And for once, I have to say, it looks like the MLS clubs, every single one of them, for the most part, are taking this tournament seriously. Which is nice. And honestly, I mean, it does make some questions, though, too. And I don't know how how full strength some of these teams were, like Chicago or Sporting Kansas City. But they were playing possible new teams. Right. Louisville wants a team. St. Louis wants a team. Mm -hmm. And then Sacramento wants a team as well. And all three of them lost last night. I still, I, I, other than it being in California, I still don't get how Sacramento doesn't have a team yet. That's, that's yeah. that can be for a whole nother show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as far as MLS team, I should say. Yes. Um, now there were some big, uh, some big victories. Uh, FC Dallas went four one on the OKC Energy. Uh, Colorado beating Colorado Springs four one as well. And then Simon, uh, it was a good night to be a Portland Simbers fan last night. Why was that? Well. They they not only took down their arch rival the Seattle Sounders three one yes uh, and let me just throw in there that Seattle actually lost twice last night oh did they because S two also lost who was that too did Real that Salt a, Lake yeah Real Salt Lake so so Sounders actually have two of their teams lose last night and I'm sorry if you're a Timbers fan you have to enjoy that you especially do. when I one of those is the Timbers taking down. Seattle Sounders. A, a seven-man Seattle Sounders. Now, talk a little bit about the, the controversy, the issue, the ripping up of the ref's book. What what happened to the so Sounders? So, full disclosure, the ref was horrible last night. Yes. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the red cards that he started giving out, a couple of them were questionable. But Clint Dempsey... <laughs> Clint Dempsey, you are the captain of the U.S. team. I don't care where you're playing. You are still representing the U.S. as its captain. So he got so angry last night. Uh, He gets a yellow card for dissent. Yes, because he was questioning a foul that happened to a teammate. Well, well, yeah, and it was a a red card that that was given, and and that was a very questionable Mm -hmm. red card. Apparently, It was a straight red, wasn't it? It was a straight red, and uh, I was reading some more reports today that it wasn't necessarily for an elbow, which everybody thought it was for. It was mm. for a stomp. Honestly, I didn't see either. It looked like a fair play to me. Sure. It was a total mysterious red card. So Sounders fans, I'm, I'm being objective there. Yes. That shouldn't have been a red. But Clint Dempsey then goes up to the ref, does his thing of yelling in the ref's face. Ref gives him a yellow. Dempsey takes the ref's notebook, throws it on the ground, then decides to pick it up and rips it, mm-hmm. tears it in half. So then he gets, deservedly so, Yeah. A you red don't, card. You don't do that to right. a referee. I don't care how mad you are. Walk away. Go swear into your jersey if you absolutely need to let some steam off. Like, walk away, though. You don't, and you don't grab the – you touch the ref, first of all, you're going to get an issue. But if you take the ref's book and rip it in half, come on. What kind of an example does that set for the U.S. Soccer Federation? What example does that set for the Sounders organization? Well, and here's the thing. He, According to – I was reading an article on uh, – 
Business Insider, which why this was on Business Insider, I'm not sure. Not but my first place. It just goes info. to show the uh, growth of the game. Yes. Um, but U.S. Soccer could potentially suspend him from all activity for, th- for three months. For three months, they should. They should. That was maybe I don't know for three months, but they should give him some sort of suspension. Well, here's the thing: the U.S. team went out and beat the Netherlands. They Without beat Germany. Him. They don't need him. him. They don't need so, him. He's washed up. So what happens with the Gold Cup? You yes. know, all I'm saying is stay, stay classy. <laughs> Put in Giassi's artist. That's and then, you, you know, you had some Sounders fans throwing bottles and beer and whatnot at Timbers players. Well, you knew that was going to be the case. When you get a rivalry team, you get a rivalry game in a smaller venue setting, right. tensions are going to get way higher and things are going to get messed up quickly. And when it doesn't go the way, because Seattle was the host team, weren't they? Last they were. Night? So yeah. it was it's a smaller. At the Starfire Complex, which yes. seats like 4,300 people. Yeah. So you yeah. put all those people in that tight of a, an area and things get as hot as they were last night, you know, anything's possible. Yeah, but again, you don't, you don't start throwing stuff. It, it wasn't no. the players doing it. I don't it ever was the think ref. you should throw yeah. anything right. at the field. And, I, and I, know, I did read reports, too, of, of the Sounders fans policing themselves, telling those people to stop, which is, which is yeah. great to see. And, uh, you know, they, Sounders fans had all right in the world to boo the ref. But I do get a little tired that it seems the only time the Sounders lose is when there's a bad ref in the middle. Hmm. <laughs> At least according to uh, their fans <laughs> and coach. Again, uh, the, but the, yeah. the, then no, there's no, no. Caleb I, I Porter. Get I get it. I get it. Too funny. Um, well, looking ahead to some of the U.S. Open Cup games tonight, uh, you've got the Richmond Kickers taking on Columbus Crew. Uh, Pittsburgh, I don't know what they're – the river hounds river hounds okay yeah, i know they, it's a dog they, they actually have a pretty cool little stadium Do by they? the way right on the river oh, i'd um, assume so hope to get out there someday to see it but there yeah they're, they're taking on dc united yep and then this is the fun one yeah nycfc taking on the cosmos of the nasl that's awesome uh you know you gotta if if you're an nasl fan you gotta hope that the cosmos pulled this off because you do not have are there any other nasl clubs alive i don't believe so now the charlotte Independence one or the Charleston Battery? Nope, uh, USL, USL. Oh, um, so that that is, I mean, the USL completely dominated the NASL in this competition, yeah. and the USL is going to be applying for a Division Two status again. I hope so. Uh, so Division Two in terms of MLS and then USL. Yes. Okay, yes. and then NSL would get kicked down to the third. Or once again, you know, I don't know if you recall this, Baxter, and this is me being the the stat guy and following every yes. little detail of U.S. soccer, but there was. A huge. This was back in 2007, 2008, where the NASL and USL were duking it out. They were suing each other because some clubs left USL mm-hmm. to to form the NASL. So they were both applying for Division Two, and the USSF actually just said, "You know what? We're going to have a USSF Division Two. That's what it's going to be called." Mm. Uh, because the NASL didn't have enough teams to be Division Two, and the USL uh, didn't meet the requirements to be Division Two, it was a huge mess. Well, it would so, make sense for the USL to be number two because they've got a lot of the academy team or the cl- the second teams. Yeah, the, the reserve teams basically yeah. for MLS. So why right? not? It, it does. It does. On the surface, it makes sense, but then you got to look at. You do have to look at the finances. Yeah. You know, which has to be part of the qualifying process. Yep. Because you need these teams to survive. If they don't survive. You're not going to have any. Yeah. You're just going to end up with a reserve league again. As much you know? as you, as much as you can have the love of the game carry you, it does come down to money. It does. It does. Which is unfortunate, yeah. but that's how the world works, especially when it comes to sports. Right. So, uh, anyways, back yeah. to uh, back to the other games. On oh the yeah, docket. soccer. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, so the Charleston Battery will take on Orlando City SC tonight. Uh, both New York City FC and Orlando City SC playing in their first ever 
That's uh, right. U.S. Open Cup games. So we'll see if maybe if a bit of history is made, either in a positive or negative way for those teams. Uh, my New England Revolution take on the Charlotte Independence this evening. Um, so I'll be curious to see how the Revolution react to that and who they send to play in that game. Uh, Houston Dynamo taking on the Austin Aztecs. I'm calling Aztec. the upset right there. You think so? Yeah, huh? It's the Aztecs, yeah, Aztecs. with a, with an X there. Uh, I, I do. I th- uh, I see what they did there. Houston's they're playing at home, but it's been uh, I don't know. It's Houston just tends to have a, a weird season. Um, Owen Coyle, this is his first time. You know, he's the the manager of Houston. Yep. This will be his first time in in the Open Cup. So I do wonder if his FA Cup experience. Helps will play into this, but mm. uh, Austin's been a been a decent team, and I, I'm I'm just gonna go be bold there and call that upset. Interesting. All right, uh, and then the last game will be the LA Galaxy versus PSA Elite. Really not too concerned about that game, honestly. No, but that's the last amateur club in the tournament. The uh, PSA Elite. They tend to do well in this tournament. They've got their big prize money of $10,000 for being the last remaining amateur club. Good for them. It'll be fun to see. That's at the StubHub Center. Yes, indeed. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we've got our new official power rankings for you and our predictions for the upcoming week in MLS soccer. Don't come anywhere. This is Two Up Front presented by Sports Radio America. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon, it is time for our new Power Rankings. It has been a while. It has been a long time. Uh, Some changes, some surprises, some new people in the rankings. But basically, it looks like we took a bunch of MLS teams, threw them in a a can, (laughs) shook it up, and threw it on a board, and there they are. So um, starting on the outside looking in, Simon... Who are the two teams that we have looking in? Well, we've got the San Jose Earthquakes. They've they've kind of been that more consistent up and down team, if that makes sense. Yes. You know, they're they 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 tend to have either a draw, a win, maybe a slight loss. They're not really getting killed 
but they're not also dominating in the in the games that they do win. So they're they're looking in. And the other is uh, NYCFC. They're on a two game winning streak. They're looking good. Yeah. Um, so. I it's, tell you what, they win this week. We'll, we'll probably see them in these rankings. I agree, and we had talked about it before the show a little bit, if they deserve to be in the actual rankings. But it's it's hard for me to justify a last-place team in the Eastern <laughs> Conference to be in the actual rankings. Right. But as you'll see as we go through this list, there's a, some of these teams you're just like, well, they're ranked pretty high. Well, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, f- I feel very confident with the top six. Okay. And then after that, I, I do feel like it's almost we can – you could literally throw anybody. Throw yeah. some NASL teams yeah. in there. Right, maybe. sure. Some USL teams. Yeah. Uh, so number, number 10, number New York 10. Cosmos. Yeah, wait, what? <laughs> no, the uh, Charlotte Independence. No. Uh, well, the, the Cosmos did win the spring season, by the they way. They did. In the NASL. I, I did see that, yeah. and that was interesting. Did you see, as a side note before we get into our power rankings, that Carmelo Anthony purchased Puerto Rico, what are they? Puerto FC? Rico Islanders? Yes, yeah. and they're now part of the NASL. Oh, is that right? Yes. Yep. I did not last, see that. That just happened wow. this last week. So, and That's Carmelo cool. Anthony, the New York Knicks basketball player, is now one of the owners of the team. Wow. So, and they're part of the NASL now, so. Hey, that, you know, it, again, just goes to show the growth in the game that yeah. we've got these NBA stars that a not lot even, of not like even necessarily soccer. looking at MLS, now they're looking at second division yeah. clubs as well. I mean, that, that says, and they do, they do. Uh, you know, last night on the Women's World Cup show, they had Reggie Bush on there talking I saw about that. soccer as well. And I was like, yeah, Reggie Bush. <laughs> I liked him back in college. Not when he played for the Detroit Lions, though. <laughs> anyway, so number 10 on our power ranking, Simon, is the New England Revolution. Uh, they have been a little spotty recently, unfortunately. Um, they've only got one win in their last seven games. Um, but that win did come in their last game. It did against the rival, uh, Chicago Fire. If you're a true Revolution fan, you'll be like, okay, that's actually a rival. Okay. Um, I wasn't aware of that. Yes, because of all the big um, playoff series in the early 2000s when Taylor Twellman was on the oh, team. Oh, sure, It would sure. usually be Revolution Fire in, like, the conference semifinals. Or, that's right. Yes, so I do remember So they became that. a rival because of that. Or at least in my mind, they're a rival. <laughs> I hope to other Revolution fans they're a rival, too. Yeah. So they have one win in their last seven games here. But yes. they only also have two losses in their last seven games. Two good teams. Sporting so. Kansas City, they lost four to two back on May 20th and then they lost to the Timbers 2-0 on two 80 plus minute goals um, yeah and I was a jerk I sent you a... you did no I was fine <laughs> I knew as soon as the game was over I was like oh, how long how long before I get the notification or from the text well that's and... the first time they've played since we've been doing yeah. the show so I had to oh, I, I expect nothing with less. the caveat that I'm expecting the, the opposite to happen when they head over to Foxborough that's the plan <laughs> that's the plan um so New England at 10th place uh, in the standings. They are second in the Eastern Conference with 24 points, 6-4-6 six, and six record. But don't really feel like they deserve to be any higher than 10 right now, Simon. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Which uh, also leads us to our number nine team, which I think a lot of people will probably be upset about this, that the Eastern Conference leaders, D.C. United, are number nine on our power rankings. But they're number nine for a reason. They, I mean, they've, they've, they had two wins back in week 14, week 15, uh, but they're... They haven't, yeah. I mean, they beat Philadelphia 2-1, to one, but their last two games they've lost. And you when look did at, beating Philadelphia mean anything? Right. Something? And the games before that, they had another two losses. So really, out of their last eight games, they've had four losses. Yes. And in fact, I didn't want to put them in the rankings. You didn't. This is the first time, Baxter, that I know. you thought more highly of I D.C. Know. than I did. I know, I know. It's It hurts. But look at it, though, too, is that D.C., three out of their last four games that they've lost, they've been shut out in. Yeah. So yeah. they lost to Orlando City. 
Uh, they lost to Philly, and they lost to Portland. So, and then they drew 1-1 against the Revolution, and then they beat Philly again, and they beat the Fire, and then they lost to TFC 2-1. So, um, DC United, Eastern Conference leaders with 28 points, but like you mentioned in our earlier segment, for how long? For oh, how long, that's right. That's the real, the real question. So, number eight on our list is who, Simon? Number eight is the Houston Dynamo. Yes, they have been seeming to really put some things together recently. They have won three out of their last five last games. Five, yeah. One Only loss. One. Yep, and they had they had that draw, and uh, you know we look they they beat the Red Bulls four to two. Uh, they you beat know. Toronto. They yeah. beat Portland. So good teams that they're beating as well. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, they started the season a bit shaky, and it's not like they've come into a smooth landing. They're still a bit up and down, but they definitely seem to be more on the up and up than other teams are. Yes. Yep. I would have to agree with that. Uh, number seven on our list, Simon, is the Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, the first of the three Cascadia teams. All three on our list in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Vancouver, the lowest of them. Uh, as we know, they had a hot start to their season, and then through the last six games, they've won three and lost three. Yeah, so you can't knock them completely out. Yes. Um, they're still in second place in the West, and we keep talking about how strong the West is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in their their last game here, too, as well, they, they did have a win, and we have to take that in consideration when we're looking at these, and it was against the Galaxy. Yeah, and exactly. Um, so... I'm not. I'm not sure because Vancouver, I feel like, is young and they've got the right team mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. good in the West. But I just, I just don't know how good Vancouver is. And then our ever-changing <laughs> opinion, right, uh, is the LA Galaxy. They sit at number six right now. They do. Um, you know, again, maybe they should be seventh, and Vancouver should be sixth, since Vancouver. Their last beat, game, they yeah. beat them because um, we're actually going to use that argument a little bit later here. Yes. Uh, but the fact of the matter is Vancouver's losing, losing, winning, losing, winning, losing. And the Galaxy tend to put some nice unbeaten streaks together. Yes. You know, we and out of their last five, they've won two, they've drew two, they've only lost one. Yeah. Um, and as you talked about, this is the part of the season where they're actually missing – good deal of their players. Yes. I, I'm curious to know how good of a an unbeaten run they can put together come maybe week 20 mm-hmm, or so mm-hmm. once they get a few more players back. Uh, number five for us, this is the highest they've ever been rated on our list. Uh, the expansion team, the only expansion team to ever crack our ratings is Orlando City. Uh, they are fifth. Uh, I think that this, it all kind of started to click for Orlando, Simon, when they destroyed the Galaxy 4-0. I'll tell you what, if this was a who's the hottest team right now, you could make an argument for Orlando. Yes, unbeaten in their last five. They're three wins and two draws. I mean, look who they've drawn against. They've drawn San Jose 1-1. They drew Columbus 2-2. Then they go 3-2 against the Fire and 1-0 against D.C. United. And again, you know, maybe, uh, maybe there was some controversy with that PK, but the fact of the matter is... They've been stringing a lot of games together. Yeah. They're, they're looking strong. And look who they play next. They play Montreal. They play Colorado. They play Real Salt Lake, FC Dallas, and then the Red Bulls. Those are their next five games. You could go six and say NYC FC. So I wouldn't be shocked if Orlando grabs at least maybe three more wins out of sure. that. Sure. Especially if they really start putting the pieces together. They are all winnable games. Yes. I think the toughest one is going to be perhaps Real Salt Lake because they're – they're, They're a chameleon. Physical. Yeah. They really yep. are. Yep. They really are. All right, number four, Simon. Uh, you are a big advocate for this team, um, led by the Atomic Ant, Toronto City, yeah. or Toronto 
Toronto. Toronto FC. FC. Not Toronto <laughs> City. I don't. <laughs> TFC for uh, sure. That's what I was thinking was TFC. Yeah, Giovinco, man, he's been he's been playing Ant-Man. MVP style soccer. Mm-hmm. He has been leading that team, but the entire team is just playing fantastic. This is the Toronto that we thought we would see. Three wins in a row, a draw before that, a loss before that, and then they put two wins together. So ever since they got to BMO. You know, they uh, they had that first loss to Houston. Yep. But ever since then, they've been playing the type of football that we thought we would yeah. see from them. Kind of without Michael Bradley as well, because Bradley was gone for a right. few weeks with the right. international break. But so. I, I actually think that was the most positive thing to happen to Giovinco, because now he had to carry the team. Yes. And he has been. He has. He really and has. He, We've seen some amazing goals from him. And we should have seen more, because some of those shots he's putting on goal. I mean, there's been some keepers that have made some amazing mm-hmm. saves on him. Certainly. Absolutely. Well, looking into our top three now, Simon, uh, your team, the Portland Timbers at number three. Yeah, and a caveat here is I wanted them at number five, Mm -hmm. and you were insistent that they're better than I'm thinking. I think they are. And I'm always more pessimistic, so I appreciate you... uh, Staying whole, uh, staying strong to your <laughs> argument there, but well, yeah, you can't argue with the, yeah. it. Look at what they've done: four wins in the last six games, yeah, and a three-game winning streak exactly. on top of that. And they've been they've been beating some good teams as well. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're beating pushovers, not at all. And they're playing great soccer too. I mean, they're playing very strong. They're dominating games. Adi is finding the back of the goal again. Uh, Borchers and Ridgewell is is upset as I was with them at the beginning of the season. In the back, they are playing some of the best defensive mm-hmm. soccer in this league right now. I absolutely agree. With you now i will say number two because i know you don't like to say this word uh number two is the seattle sounders uh we were kind of having a debate about if they belonged at number one um so our number one is sporting kansas city so we can kind of talk freely Mm -hmm. about this um we're back and forth with this because seattle right now um they have only one loss in their last six games uh they won drew one one loss one um but then sporting kansas city is on a seven-game unbeaten streak. Yes. And their last win came against who? Seattle. Seattle. Yes. So for us, at least for me, that was my argument with you last night. And I completely agree. Sporting's only lost two games all season. Seattle have lost four games. Um, So in that regard, you can't can't deny Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, I think think everybody across America, Soccer America, MLS Soccer, there's another website I was looking at. They all have Seattle at number one. And it's hard to argue against that, but uh, I still think this is when results do matter. Yes. Sporting took care of business. They beat Seattle. And again, we talked about D.C. not having – oh, one second here. We talked about D.C. not having won since May. Yep. And, well, my computer's now – going crazy. What are you looking me. for? I, I was looking, looking to see the last time Sporting Kansas City has lost. Last time they lost was April 18th. Uh, they lost 2-1 to one against the LA Galaxy. So we're, we're basically two, two months, months removed since from... Since the last time they lost yeah. a game. You can't argue against that. No. You know? And they only, the, the only other loss was week two, uh, March 14th, a uh, 3-1 loss against FC Dallas, back when FC Dallas was relevant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, numbers-wise, points-wise, Sporting is only third in the West. Seattle is first. Yes. But they they do have a game on Seattle, yet Seattle will still, even if Sporting wins that game, it'll be 29 points to 27 points. But 
As a reminder, these are the power rankings. Yes. This is how teams are doing right now, not exactly. necessarily how they're doing over the entire season. Usually how we judge it is how they've done over the last five games. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the big factor for me when I'm looking at Unless we, we, we end up seeing a team destroy somebody 15 nothing, well, And then they, be like, well, they might be better. Right. Montreal defeats Seattle 15-3. Well, okay. You know, I could be persuaded to put them at, you know, 9 or 10. Right. Um, <laughs> all right, Simon. So one more time for the good people. Who are our new power rankings? Yeah, so we've got the Revs at number 10. Uh, we got D.C. at number 9. Houston at number 8. Vancouver, 7. Alley Galaxy, 6. They tend to float between that 4 mm-hmm. and 7 number. Orlando at number 5. TFC, big jump up to number oh, yeah. 4. Portland, a huge jump to number 3. Number two, we got that other Cascadia team. And number one is Sporting Kansas City. We have San Jose and New York City FC, by the way, as kind of tied at number 11 yep, there. on the outside looking in. All right, Simon, well, time for our predictions. Uh, starting with Colorado and FC Dallas. That game will take place on Friday night. On Unamas in, in Colorado, or I should say Commerce City. Commerce City, yeah. yes. On MLS Live as well. Uh, who do you got in that game? Well, Baxter, we haven't been on the show for four weeks, five weeks. Something like that. Too and, long, that's uh, all I know. A wedding gift that I know you'd completely disdain oh. is a draw. So I'm going to pick a draw. That, that means so much to me. Thank you. I, I'd like to assume the best of people, uh, and I think FC Dallas will win this game. <laughs> uh, I think they need to turn themselves around, and I think Colorado's the team for them to do that against. Sure. Um, that one Cascadia team versus San Jose. <laughs> Uh, playing um, that one Cascadia team is Seattle as they are first in the Western Conference. But San Jose, though, you have always been an advocate for San Jose. Well, I just I think there's more to them than that we see, although I, I can't make that argument much as of late. Mm-hmm. But, um, boy, after that demoralizing loss in the Open Cup game, and those were two basically starting lineups. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going back and forth because we don't know if Obama, oh, uh, Femi Martins is going to be mm-hmm. playing. He went off injured. Yeah, uh, he went off on a stretcher. He did. That's never a good sign. And I still haven't gotten word on what oh. he's actually, Ooh. you know, they don't they don't know yet. Or if it's come out, it, it's been during the show. Sure. Um, this is a tough one for me. I'm going to let you pick first. Let me think about this just for a little um, longer. I, this is my upset game of the week. I have San Jose winning this game. I do, yeah. That's, that's the way I'm leaning to, but let's let's – Let's make it interesting. I'll I'll pick that other team. Okay. Interesting. That other team uh, could potentially win the game. So we'll see. Um, so could the other team, by the way. Yes, that other team could beat that other team, and somebody will win the game. Maybe they'll draw. Who knows? Just to smack us in the face, they'll draw. Uh, the New York Red Bulls and Vancouver Whitecaps. Yeah, I'm going to pick Vancouver. I'm picking them as well. Okay. And that's an away match for them. So it is. We'll see. I think Vancouver uh, Red Bulls have kind of dropped recently. Yeah. So I think yep. Vancouver's got the right... The right stuff, baby, uh, to to take it. A uh, little, little reference there. I don't know. <laughs> well before my time, but even still. Uh, and then your Portland Timbers taking on the Houston Dynamo. So, Houston has been looking good. Timbers yeah. looking good. Timbers have been looking great. Three-game winning streak in the league, four-game winning streak overall with yep. an Open Cup win, and I think they're going to continue that. So I'm going to pick Portland. All right. I have Portland as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto FC versus New York City FC. This could be. This has the potential to to make a very good, uh, enjoyable match. Yes. Um, it's too bad it's not on one of the actual big networks for MLS, but right. uh, it's on Yes Network. Yes. Sportsnet yes, 360. <laughs> Whatever those are, 
It's on them. So we'll still be able to watch it on MLS Live. Yeah, that's good. what I'll be watching it on. Um, but I'll, I think I'm going to pick Toronto on this one. Okay. Yep, that's who I have in that game as well. Uh, I think Toronto with Bradley back and the Atomic Ant mowing down people. I, I like their chances. Although mm-hmm. David Villa mm-hmm. will certainly put up a big fight. Uh, Montreal and Orlando in this game. Uh, Orlando, it's hard to argue against him. That's why I'm not going to. Okay, um, this is going to be my upset pick, even though it's at home for Montreal. I'm still going to pick them um, and call it an upset. Fair enough. Fair enough. That made sense in there somewhere. Sure. I, I won't question it too okay. much. Okay. Um, and then the LA Galaxy and Philadelphia Union. So it's been interesting because Philly's actually been learning how to win games. Yeah. Um, but they still, they they still lose quite a bit of them. And... I think they're going to lose this one, so I'm picking L.A. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that L.A. is starting to get their pieces back together, and once they have that together, they are uh, next to impossible for us to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, the featured game that is not Orlando City for once on ESPN. It's amazing. I am a little annoyed by that. Not, not that team from Cascadia nor Orlando this week. They're putting the revolution on there. Why? <laughs> What's wrong? Somebody must have lost a bet somewhere. Uh, D.C. United takes on the New England Revolution. It's good Eastern Conference soccer, first versus second. And this uh, is a good rivalry, if I'm correct. Yes. Right? It's a pretty heated yep. one. It's a pretty, yeah. pretty big rivalry. Uh, I've got New England winning this game. Um, I think that their 2-0 victory over Chicago will be enough to propel them. And I think D.C. is still a little surprised that they lost to Orlando. Yeah, and I, th- I think D.C. is hurting, um, but I'm still going to pick them for this mm. one. All right. I think both teams are in a similar place yes new england got yes. that win but yeah. they, they've both been a bit of a free fall oh yeah. yeah i would have to agree with you so i'm gonna i'm gonna take dc on this one all right and then the final game uh sporting kansas city against real salt lake on fox sports one on sunday evening uh i've got sporting kansas city winning this game yeah real salt lake makes these picks so difficult don't they, they? do you never know what you're gonna get with them i never know how to they're that one team that I would probably never bet against, so thankfully I'm not putting money on it. There I'd you probably go. put money on Real Salt Lake well, if I had to. I'm going to bookend my picks with a draw. Of course you are. <laughs> I expect nothing less from you. I love it. All right, well, we're going to go to one more break. When we come back, we'll have our I Believe segments and wrap things up for another edition of Two Up Front. This is Two Up Front presented by Sports Radio America. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Ah, almost got you that time. Almost. <laughs> you, were, you were doing good the whole show. I was. <laughs> I'm never quite sure if you're going to say my name along with yours or oh, if I'm going to jump in. You can say your name. So, all right. You can say it. You know, I feel like you know your name better than I do. So. Yeah, yeah. Most days. All right. Know, depending <laughs> on how many like papers you've had to grade right. and other things right. of that nature. If your daughter's Hey, it's summertime. You don't have to bring that stuff oh, up. Oh, sorry. Right school? <laughs> what? What's school? I don't know what school is. But anyway, Simon, it is time for our... Ugly that we will win! 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 Ugly that we will win!
<laughs> All right, Simon, the way our I Believe segment works is that we will make a statement about something we believe will happen in the soccer world. Uh, Simon and I both uh, start our segment off by saying, I believe that, da 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 da, da. So, uh, Simon, um, I will let you go first this week, sir. All right, I believe that we're going to see an almost identical championship game in the Women's World Cup to the Men's World Cup. We're going to see Germany okay. and Brazil. Interesting. We're going to see a... Uh, but will it be a 7-2 thrashing It won't again? be a 7-2 thrashing. Germany's going to win the Women's World Cup again. Interesting. Interesting. That's what I believe. That's what you believe. I want to believe in the U.S. And I, uh, as I always say when I make things like this, I hope to be proven wrong. Um, but for right now, that is what I believe. All right. Um, I believe that Abby Wambach, no matter when the U.S. decides to exit, whether it's during the tournament or as champions or loss in the final, that Abby Wambach will end up as the World Cup leading goal scorer. Ah, that is what I, I believe. I like she it. is. I she's like only. It. She's a goal behind Marta right now. She's You're talking about overall. Overall, overall. In, the, in the World okay. Cup, she's okay. the most. She's the most scoringest player in existence. Yes, she's got yes. 183 goals. But she's at 14 goals right now. Marta for Brazil has 15. But I feel like Abby will finish the tournament ahead of Marta. Do you have one, perhaps a player that'll be the uh, Golden Boot winner? Or have you? I haven't been following it up I've, to know. To be honest, I've been with following you. it slightly. Um, if Germany goes, it'll be one of their players because okay. they've had a few people uh, pad their stats with that 10-0 yeah. game. So it'll be a German player. Uh, Megan Rapino is the only close one That's that I really know. Right. She's got two goals. So. And hey, Rapino, keep putting them in there. Exactly. I'm cheering for you. We love Megan Rapino. All right, well, this has been another exciting edition of Two Up Front. Simon, where can they find us on social media? Two Up Front on Facebook and on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer. Yes, indeed. And don't forget, you can listen to us right here on Sports Radio America and SportsRadioAmerica.com on Fridays from 3 to 6 Eastern and also on TuneIn and Live 365. Uh, catch our live show sometime on Thursdays, usually, probably Thursday evenings on Spreaker.com. And a quick note on that, Baxter. I'm in Oregon for the next two weeks. Yes, I won't indeed. be here, but Saturday I get to watch the Portland Timbers take Ooh. on the Houston Dynamo in Portland at That's Providence exciting. Park. That's exciting. I want to see lots of pictures. Make sure you check out our social media things for that. Uh, and then remember, you can download our podcast on iTunes as well. So a uh, huge, huge thank you to Bethany and uh, Grace, Grace yeah. for stopping by today as part of our hometown segment, uh, and Sonia Kondratenko as well uh, to talk about Women's World Cup. So he's Simon Provan. I am Baxter Colburn. Uh, with our manager being the one above, we are two up front. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Yes. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. ba ba ba